Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, everybody? Orange Black Insider, Cincy Jungle, and we are here talking to you about a Bengals win. They finally get in the win column this week. It wasn't the prettiest, but it had some great moments, and it was far more palatable <laughs> to watch than the previous two weeks. Far less self-inflicted errors. There were some moments of them, penalties and whatnot, but the Cincinnati Bengals prevailed on the road and beat a team that turned their season on its head last year in the Jets. Might it do the same this year? We'll see. This might be a turning point in the Bengals season this year. And, uh, you know, one of these games that at 0-2, already a division loss, you lost to a backup quarterback, you're facing a backup quarterback again in one in which this team is intimately familiar with in Joe Flacco and back-to-back weeks, you had to have this game. You had to have it. Despite all the flukes, the errors, the turnovers, and everything that plagued you the first two weeks, you had to come in here and not only not only get the win, but get in there and get a win and, and do so in a fashion that makes you feel pretty good about things going forward. Now, I don't I I went into this week thinking, you know, this might be a squeak. I think the Bengals will win, but I thought they would squeak. Um, this this game got pretty well out of hand somewhat early. You know, you could say second quarter, they kept it out of reach. Third quarter was kind of out of reach. And they actually opted for a questionable decision later uh, in the third quarter to go for, uh, go for it on a fourth and one instead of kick a field goal with Evan McPherson. And then Evan McPherson misses a field goal late in the game as well. I mean, you're talking about potentially six more points in this game than, uh, you know, we're we're talking more of a 33 to 12 win potentially at this point instead of a 27 to 12 win. But you take it, you take a two possession win. Bengals not only win, they cover the spread and they, they, you know, they were pretty well in control with things and they did things a little bit differently. We're going to get to the box score and a couple of headlines that are coming out of this game. This, the Cincinnati Bengals decided that if they were to win the coin toss and everything, they were going to receive the ball. Um, and, you know, or if the Jets decided to defer, they were going to take that. And they were going to kind of play with either way, we're going to prepare like we are receiving the ball to, to begin the game. And we're going to try to get off to a hot start. 
We're going to try and do things. And we don't like to break our arms, break our shoulders, patting ourselves on the back on this show. But John Sheeran and myself talked this week about using Tyler Boyd, using the underneath stuff, taking what's there, using Chris Evans a bit more. We finally saw Evans get a touch on offense this year. You see Jeremiah Woosley here in the Facebook chat. I don't understand why they're using Evans more. I don't either. We're going to have a running back chat in just a a minute as well. Evans was in there, uh, you know, had a, had a couple of snaps on offense, uh, still not getting any kind of looks on kickoff returns. So that may change depending on venue and kickers later on down the road, but they are not allowing him to do anything in the kickoff game, the opposition that is. But the Bengals, regardless, they wanted to come out of the gates fast. They wanted to come out and prove that, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to put something together. We're going to put a script together. We're going to put a plan together that will get us out to a fast start, and we're going we're gonna to do a lot of different things. They took more shots downfield today, albeit not all that successful. They uh, d- did more underneath stuff to Tyler Boyd, yards after the catch stuff, get the ball out fast, and, of course, the protection just held up in general quite a bit better today than it did you know, in, in previous to the previous two weeks. So I, there are things that you liked a lot about this game. And there are things where you go, okay, uh, still head scratcher. I go back to that field goal situation where, you know, you're well in control in the game. It didn't end up hurting you, especially because your defense subsequently held the other team on, on a fourth down as well. But it, you just kind of say, you know, just kind of take the points there. I know we were saying be aggressive, be more aggressive, be more aggressive, but it just felt like that was being aggressive for the sake of being aggressive and not really thinking that situation through. Um, I do think that, there, you know, I, I thought early in the game as well, complete non sequitur to the, <laughs> the what I was just talking about, but I thought earlier in the game, it looked like T Higgins had that touchdown with his with his toes in I didn't see the heels come down I saw that both sets of toes come down I thought that was a catch they ruled it a no catch in the end zone didn't matter Samaje Piran comes to the rescue there so look uh there, there's a lot of good things to take away here and it was a lot of you know it wasn't the Jamar Chase show per se today it was a lot of Samaje Piran it was a lot of Tyler Boyd it was a hell of a lot of Trey Hendrickson on the defensive side of the ball and the the Bengals defense taking away big plays. They let up a couple of intermediate plays, obviously losing Garrett Wilson for a little bit of time there hurt the Jets offense, but he came back in, he made some plays here and there, but it was a lot of captain check down from Joe Flacco once again. And if you remember when he and Ray Rice were teamed together, it was check down, check down, check down, occasional big play over the top with Joe Flacco. That was, that was kind of the, a lot of the offensive formula for a while. And you saw a lot of the check down, check down, check down a lot of the, uh, you know, the running back out of the, out of the backfield where they go out and then towards the middle of the field, you know, a little sort of wheel route type of thing towards the middle of the field. A lot of that stuff today, Brees Hall and others catching a lot of passes across the, the short middle area of the field and, and to their credit, making some things happen with it. But Logan Wilson had an interception in a nice day today. Jesse Bates had the game ceiling interception off a tip late in the game today. Eli Apple and Chidobia Wouzier largely played well in, in a lot of situations. So, I mean, hats off to the defense. 12 points, four field goals. 
right? I mean, they had to go for it probably more often if it wasn't if the offense wasn't scoring as they were in this game. You know, we may have seen more points scored by the Jets because of other field goal attempts because they went for it on fourth down a couple times late. But I mean, for the most part, defense again getting off the field, getting the ball back for the offense, and then on top of it this week, sacks and turnovers. Big, big, big. Really big. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the running backs. We'll talk about all kinds of different things. And uh, Bengals and Bengals approved a one and two. They're in the win column for the first time this year. One and two doesn't sound great. Definitely worse than uh, we had expected. We were thinking maybe three and oh at this point in time, but you got to take it. And at this point, this was kind of, I don't want to call it baby steps because you're talking about the reigning AFC champions, but they needed this kind of, okay. This is how we adapt. This is how we do things differently. We have all of these weapons. We don't need to focus on one guy or one big play or any of that. We can do some things differently and open things up a bit. Still not a perfect game. The running game is leaving a lot to be desired. And there are uh, some injury concerns. Trey Hendrickson left this game for a little bit, came back and ended up making big plays. DJ Reader, the big one. And then, you know, you've got some other things that you're hashing out on both sides of the ball. Again, not the prettiest win, but a good one and by far the best football the Bengals have played so far in the 22 season. And uh, they took care of the ball. There were a couple of precarious situations where you thought they maybe turned turn the ball over, but they didn't. And so, you know, they come out with a win, 27 to 12. Let's get to the box score courtesy of ESPN before we do want to remind everybody you can get this show on your favorite platforms whether it's youtube if you like watching the live broadcast or the video broadcast and when i say i share my screen and i do all this kind of stuff if you like watching that kind of stuff you got to subscribe there's an icon right down here you can click that to subscribe to the orange and black insider youtube channel we're we're oh so close to a subscriber milestone so get after it and uh, tell a friend all that kind of tell a Bengals fan friend Uh, subscribe, click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. And then of course on the Cincy jungle podcast channel, you can get great stuff from Bengal Jim and friends is talking football with Bengal Jim and friends show our show, the orange and black insider and coach speak slash chalk talk with the coach, Matt Minnick. We're bringing you all kinds of stuff throughout the entire week. We had a lot of content this week and we like to think that that was the good luck charm for the Cincinnati Bengals. So we'll get to the box score in just a second. James Fallon, thank you for your generosity. And I want to emphasize, re-emphasize that for a little while longer, we are going to be highlighting the Pollock Family Foundation, of course, named after Bengals former linebacker, David Pollock, who joined our program about a month, month and a half ago or so. His foundation is doing a lot of great things, not only in Atlanta, in Georgia, but also trying to branch out nationally and do a lot of different things. So we're going to continue to donate and take your super chat donations and we're going to pool them towards that. So James, your generous donation there and the super chat will go to the Pollock family foundation. You got to go to give, send, go. And I'm going to put this in the live chat for you or the chat uh, thread for you. Give, send, go.com slash Pollock family foundation. And I'll leave that there. If you want to go directly to that, you can do that. If you want to do the super chat thing, that's cool too. But uh, again, uh, James says, who day great to see a win today. Protection improved and Joe looked like Joe cool again. You saw that trademark smile on the sideline from Joe Burrow looking like he's finally having fun again, looking like, hey, I'll take a hit or two. I'll take a sack or two, but we don't need four. We don't need six. We don't need seven. 
we'll talk about that in just a second too. Akila the Great, thank you as well for your super chat donation. We're going to talk about this one as well, the Tua play and the Tua situation with the Dolphins as they get set to travel to Cincinnati in a very important game for both teams and a, and a, a really nice one for the Bengals because this is the one that they are doing the new unveiling of the Ring of Honor nominees into induction of players into uh, the ring of honor there. So very, very cool. So hopefully if you're there and it's also the whiteout game with the white jerseys and the white helmets and all that kind of stuff. So uh, hopefully you're there and, and you bring your white, white stripes there, but thank you, Akila. That will also be donated to the Pollock family family foundation. Let's spend a couple minutes on the box score courtesy of ESPN. 27, 12, as I mentioned, very nice day from Joe Burrow, and it's no coincidence that the goose eggs in the interception column coincides, and the, and the big number in the rating column, 114.9, coincides with just two sacks here and the limited amount of quarterback hits in this game. Now, credit not only goes to the offensive line, but credit also goes to Joe Burrow himself, who danced around a couple of different would-be sacks or, or, or you know negative plays and got out of it, but only two sacks as opposed to Gosh, what was it, 13 the first two weeks, averaging six and a half the first two weeks, and you got two today. So you take that, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, 275 in terms of yards, 23 of 36, just a nice, efficient day. Now, a lot of the big plays weren't there. They had a couple. You had Chase on a, on a trick play that you kind of thought maybe he would come down with one. A couple of other contested balls he did not come down with. But T. Higgins had a nice day. Tyler Boyd had a great day as well. So uh, made up for it, and, and P. Ryan helped out in a lot of different respects. Flacco had to throw the ball 52 times. When Joe Flacco, your backup quarterback, is resigned to throwing the ball 52 times, you know that's probably not a great, great formula for success, albeit I didn't look at the numbers last week. He probably threw the ball a lot in that comeback, but usually, more often than not, quarterback throwing 52 times is playing from deep behind and doesn't always net a win 28 of 52 285 actually had more yards than joe but you know a lot more attempts uh zero touchdowns two interceptions was sacked four times big big plays and then of course a 53.8 rating for joe flacco yikes this is where we got to have a little bit of a discussion folks number one it doesn't even matter if we say, hey, you know, P. Ryan ran the ball more effectively than Mixon, which we will talk about. But my goodness, 28 carries for 69 yards and a 2.5 yards per carry average. That is not getting it done. So whether it's the running back who is toting the ball, whether it is the run blocking in front of him, a mixture of both, this is abysmal. Two and a half yards per carry, even in the NFL, that is abysmal. Pirine, actually the, the leading rusher, kind of did the, you know, grind away the clock at the end there, nine carries, 47 yards. Um, nothing big. I mean, he had a seven-yarder as is long, but just kind of consistently fell forward and got positive yardage. Joe Mixon, just a rough, rough day at the office for him. 12 carries for 24 yards, just a long gain of nine. I mean, when you look at 12 – 12 carries for 24 yards and your long gain is nine yards. That is just a rough, rough day. Joe Burrow didn't do much with his legs. Five carries for zero yards in this one. Chase, two for negative two, including a uh, fourth down play that really was a head scratcher there, kind of an uh, end around thing that 
I mean, usually you kind of say, yeah, you want to do that. I don't know if you want to do that on a fourth and one coming out of a timeout. I, I kind of felt, by the way, in that situation, fourth and one, I thought they were going to try and draw them off sides. They didn't. And so they call the timeout and I'm going, okay, they're going to trot out the special teams unit there. They don't. And then that's your play call afterward. I, that one was a real head scratcher for me. Tyler Boyd, though, your leading receiver, four catches, 105 yards and a touchdown, including that big 56-yard play. A little bit reminiscent of Chase's spin out of a tackle out of Baltimore defenders' hands last year. Boyd did the same here against the Jets, and he just continues to make plays and be just a dude. He is just a really, really good player, makes the tough catches, makes the tough plays, and occasionally comes up with these big, big plays wherein he's breaking tackles or other other elements to it. Good for him. T. Higgins, five catches, 93 yards, a good day from him, including a 45-yarder from him. So a couple of big plays there. The 45-yarder was actually kind of more, you know, deep down the field. The Boyd play was a shorter pass that obviously got extended because of the broken broken tackles and whatnot. But uh, then you see Chase, kind of a rough day for Jamar Chase. couple of drops, was getting frustrated. You can see the six catches on 10 targets. Just not the usual day. Did get a big, big touchdown at the end of the game there. Broke kind of a broken play. Um, it looked like uh, Burrow was potentially going to get sacked. He looked looked off some defenders to the flat to Joe Mixon, and then he kind of came back towards the middle of the field and floated one to Chase where he kind of fell and caught it there for kind of a back-breaking touchdown late in the game there. So did still have a clutch play. Did still have six catches, albeit on 10 targets and only 29 receiving yards uh so just kind of a rough day for chase samaj p ryan two catches 14 yards so helping out there as well as pass protection joe mixon three catches 14 yards and a couple of others with one catch a piece including two tight ends and there you go chris evans sighting one catch for four yards you see you know a lot of different guys got involved here for for new york conklin the Tight end, their leading receiver, 8 for 84. Garrett Wilson, 6 for 60. Brees Hall, 6 for 53. This is what I was talking about here. Brees Hall taking those short little wheel routes and other similar concepts uh, for for some big yardages and, uh, you know, helping out Joe Flacco, particularly when the Bengals' pressure was getting there so they could get the ball out somewhat quick. So he was actually quite helpful in the – passing game here and if you go back up Brees Hall also had eight eight carries for 39 yards so all in all a decent day for the rookie there Michael Carter 11 carries for 39 yards and then also had a catch for seven Corey Davis had a really nice 22 yard catch uh kind of in the middle of the game Elijah Moore made a couple of plays CJ Uzama old Bengal friend one catch for five yards for CJ Uzama a guy who we didn't we weren't even sure he was going to play this week because of a hamstring issue but this is where Really, aside from the Bengals playing a, a bit better on the offensive line, protection holding up a bit more, uh, the turnovers, the sacks, the quarterback hits, this is where the game was kind of won and lost, in my opinion. You see here, Bengals recovered um, uh, three fumbles in total. Uh, so you see that there. And and uh, I, I, I misspoke earlier. I said the Bengals didn't play uh, – played turnover free football or something to that effect. Chase did lose a fumble. It was kind of a questionable. Did he, you know, did he catch it? Did he not? But it was ruled a fumble. So the Bengals did lose a fumble. Burrow played turnover free football as did all of the others, but that was the Bengals lone turnover. Still 
they were well in the turnover plus turnover margin there. So, um, you know, you see Joe Flacco there, three fumbles with two of them lost. Big, big plays there for the Cincinnati Bengals and their defense. And then you see, oddly enough, look at this as the game went on. Akeem Davis-Gaither, a guy we saw just a little bit of last year, 13 total tackles, your team-leading tackler, including one for loss. So good for him. Von Bell, very active day, two tackles for loss on eight total. Mike Hilton got got kind of caught up in some bad coverage moments a couple of times, but all in all, did a, did some nice things as well. Tied with Von Bell, second on the team in total tackles with eight, two of those for loss, plus a pass defended. Logan Wilson had the interception, uh, plus seven total tackles. Had the fumble as well, but that was recovered. Jadobia Wuzier, good game from him. Look at that, three passes defended and five total tackles. Trey Hendrickson, what a monster. Four total quarterback hits, including two and a half sacks and four tackles. Some of those were the strip sack ilk. You see B.J. Hill getting in on a half sack with Trey Hendrickson. Four total tackles for him. Jesse Bates had the interception at the end of the game, along with three total tackles. Eli Apple had a pass defended. Uh, Camp Sample had a nice game as well. A sack, had a tackle, for, uh, an additional tackle for loss, I believe, as well. So, Or at least a, a, a run stuff uh, at some point. So he had a nice game. You see there, two total quarterback hits for him as well. Hubbard, a little more quiet, did have two hits on the quarterback, but a little more quiet as compared to last week. DJ Reader, this is the big, big one here, had a couple of nice plays in the run game, but had to leave because of a left knee injury. We'll hear more about that and see what's going on there. Tupo came in to relieve him. So, yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, you see, you look on the Jets side here, Sheldon Rankins had a sack, uh, as did Quinn and Williams. And you saw Quinn and Williams go at it on the sideline with one of the coaches early in the game. I believe it was in the second quarter. So it was after the drive, and I think this was a pivotal moment in this game. The Bengals were kind of set to stall out of a drive, and I believe uh, it was – man, I can't remember exactly who it was that um, hit Joe Burrow late – and caused, uh, you know, caused a roughing the passer penalty. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a crazy, it wasn't the worst we've seen or the most egregious. We've seen worse not get called. But what happened was, you know, it was just, you know, Burroughs rolling out. He threw the ball. The guy kind of extended his arms and then fell on him. So you, you felt like, you know, that was just excessive. It uh, wasn't necessarily rough or incredibly dirty or any of that kind of stuff. It just was like, why you, you didn't need to do any of that. And then at that point, the Bengals marched down and score. And so after that, you see guys like Quinn and Williams and their coach yelling at each other on the sidelines there. But Quinn and Williams did have a sack, responded well, played pretty well later in the game as well. But you see here, still nine quarterback hits. Don't like that. You see the two quarterback sacks in total. Nine quarterback hits. That's a lot. We kind of figured that's going to be on Burrow uh, in general, but when you look here, still the same quarterback hit, amount of quarterback hits for the Bengals, including one from Osai here. 
And then you had the four sacks by the Bengals. Big, big plays there. No interceptions, of course. A couple of nice returns from Trent Taylor in the punt return game. Uh, he had two for 23, averaging 11 and a half, including a long of 15. So you like to see some of that there. McPherson, you know, a good day, but missed that one at the end there. You were kind of like, ah, what happened there? But three for three on extra points, two of three on field goals, including a long of 43, still provided nine points for the Bengals. So, uh, you know, I, I know it, the occasional miss happens even from the great money Mac, but uh, that's where we're at here. And then let's go to the team stats. Hopefully a, <laughs> a loud ESPN video doesn't pop up here. I, I like their deal, but sometimes they surprise you and shock you with a, a video here but you know you look at this though first downs pretty even 20 to 19 in favor of the Bengals. passing first downs 12 to 13 in favor of the jets rushing first down six for the Bengals, four for the jets uh and then you see the the third down efficiency Bengals slightly better at 50 percent seven of 14 jet jets were seven of 18 neither team converted on four total tries a fourth down conversion jets ran more plays had two less yards than the Bengals. I mean, you look at this, it's even, even, even. I mean, total drives, the same amount, yards per play. Bengals, you know, you would think they would have way more given the amount of points. Um, you know, they didn't. It's only point, you know, seven-tenths of a yard more, uh, you know, nine more yards passing net. Uh, and then you look at the sacks. Here you go, the interceptions, the sacks, that sort of thing. That's the big deal. And then the rushing yards. I mean, the Bengals were out rushed 69 yards to 76 uh, pretty ugly there. Penalties five for 30 for the Cincinnati Bengals and four for 55 for the Jets. So the Bengals actually had more penalties. It really was the turnovers four by the Jets, one by the Bengals. And then, of course, you've got a little bit of a disparity by about four minutes or so, uh, five minutes or so, I guess, in the time of possession. So uh, really, it's just kind of a matter of sacks on the quarterback, big plays, and turnovers. That's really what this one kind of came down to because the rest of the numbers are kind of even, even though I think we all realize that those numbers are uh, pretty indicative of the Jets kind of playing a little bit of catch-up ball down to the wire there. But Cincinnati Bengals come up with a two-possession win, 27-12, to 12, and uh, they're, they're back on the right track. You've got a, a very interesting, a 3-0 and Miami Dolphins team, kind of one of the darlings this year. A lot of people thought they would have a very similar ascension like the Bengals did last year with all of the pieces they brought in, a new coach, the whole deal. But there's a little bit of controversy centering, and by a little bit, I mean kind of a lot actually, centering around this one. And uh, I, who was in our live chat that gave us the uh, – I'll have to go back. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Akila the Great mentioned this briefly. This is from Tom Pelissero on Twitter. The NFLPA is initiating, initiating an investigation into the handling of Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa's concussion check during their game against the Bills today in Miami. In this game, it was a very close game, a very good game, depending on who you're rooting for or whatever, but very good game. Uh, I think it ended up 21-19, I think was the end score on that one. And that was a wacky one because as you got to halftime, the Bills were driving, trying to get a field goal. They were set to spike the ball on the snap. Josh Allen bobbles the snap with very few seconds left, bobbles it, bobbles it, bobbles it. Then instead of just kind of just spiking it, he then throws it out to the flat, hits, I believe, Stephon Diggs, 
Diggs scrambles towards the sideline. They run out of time and they don't get a field goal attempt. Well, lo and behold, they lose by like two points. So you had that. Then you had some clock management issues at the end again for Buffalo. Very frustrating game in that in their eyes. But in this game, Tua got hit and got up, and you saw him wobbling. I mean, he had to be held up from his player by his players. He had to be helped off the field. He looked dizzy. He looked disoriented. He looked really, really honestly, he looked like he was in bad shape. All indications you would have thought was that is concussion, concussion, concussion. Well, they said something different in the Dolphins' handling of it. And it was, I think, a a neck issue or a back issue, something like that is what they ended up labeling it. He comes back in the game after Teddy Bridgewater takes uh, about a quarter's worth or a little bit more of work from him. Tua comes in and the Dolphins end up winning. So now the NFL Players Association is initiating an investigation into the handling of Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa's concussion check during their game against the Bills today in Miami. Here's the follow-up tweet. Under the 2020 collective bargaining agreement, the NFLPA, NFL Management Council, or any player has the right independently or collectively to bring forward a complaint about alleged failure to follow concussion protocol to be investigated and resolved by the Union and Management Council. So this, depending on what happens, even to his you know, kind of towing the company line saying, you know, the, Oh yeah, it was a, it was a back issue. I've had, you know, that's what was happening. I, I know back injuries can do weird things and neck injuries can kind of do weird things to you, but I don't, you know, wooziness and, you know, dizziness, stumbling, all that kind of stuff. The way that you saw the video from Tua, I don't know. So that's something to watch for this week. Is Tua going to be, you know, based on this investigation, is he going to be able to play? Does he need to re-enter concussion protocol? You know, what? It, how how does all of this play out as the Bengals get set to host the 3-0 Miami Dolphins and what is becoming a really, really cool game with a lot of storylines? This aside, this is a little bit ugly, but, uh, you know, a lot of stars, a lot of receiving talent, all kinds of stuff on uh, in this one coming up here. So it should be, make, it should be a very intriguing matchup for Thursday night football. And then of course, you know, you've got the whole ring of honor element that the Bengals are unveiling there too. Uh, Chance White, thank you for your super chat. That'll go to the Pollock family foundation as well. It was nice to see JB nine looking like himself again, especially with that smile for sure. But at any rate, that is some of the latest. And this is going to continue to develop with Tua Tagovailoa and the Cincinnati Bengals, but interesting Interesting developments there with the injury. And then, of course, speaking of injuries, this is one from the Bengals side of things that we have to monitor. One could argue that definitely through the first two games, but maybe through the first part of the, you know, even the third game, this guy was the Bengals' best player. Not best defensive player, best player in general, DJ Reader. If you go look at the tape, if you see what he did, if you see he was like their best pass rusher, he was doing things against the run. This guy is immensely valuable. And you saw the difference between the 2020 Bengals, not only with Burrow injured, but with this guy injured, as well as the 2021 Bengals when he you know, played the whole season. It was a force. Now he left this game with a knee injury. We're not sure about the severity of it. I will say this, and it's hard to 
It looked like he got rolled up on, and all of that is just scary. I will say this. There was no cart. He was not, you know, kind of – he was on the sideline standing up. He had his helmet in hand. I thought he at first, before the report officially came out that he was going to be out, I thought that he was going to maybe come back in. Did not. So we'll have to see exactly what this entails, and hopefully that this was a precautionary thing by the Bengals. They, were, they had the lead. They've got a short week. Maybe this is a thing where they just said, "Hey, we're we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna force this." It could be because if you remember the last, uh, I think it was this summer, they they kind of talked about this approach by Zach Taylor and the staff, saying, you know, that they weren't gonna risk these soft tissue injuries, these ligament injuries, and that's why there were, a lot of guys were getting veteran rest days and they were being kind of lighter on practices and whatnot. This could be in that vein where they say, you know, this may, we maybe dodged a bullet here sprain or you know whatever and we've got a short week this is a very valuable player we need to we need to be very cautious here and we've got the game kind of going our way at this point in time we need to be cautious here so that may be where it is that's kind of the optimist in me we will we will see what happens there but man the Bengals cannot afford to lose him and then at one point they had Reader out, they had Hubbard out, and you're going, what is happening? Uh, not Hubbard, I'm sorry. Hendrickson out and and Reader out, and you go, oh my gosh, you know, this is not good if these guys are both going to be out of the lineup and any kind of considerable time. Thankfully, Hendrickson came back and, and made even more plays when he came back. So the Bengals, the good news about today, even with this injury news and a 3-0 team coming to town, an, an exciting 3-0 team in the Dolphins coming to town. It seemed like the Bengals kind of began to kind of refigure things out on both sides of the ball today. Trey Hendrickson was Trey Hendrickson. DJ Reader was DJ Reader before he exited the game with an injury. The secondary was making plays. Logan Wilson got his hands on a football and intercepted it instead of kind of having it go through like we saw once or twice in the first couple of games there. So some of the things that you saw last year that were keys to their success and keys to their run were in place today. Hendrickson, Logan Wilson, and all of them on the defensive side of the ball, aside from a miss, you saw McPherson hitting early kicks that were very, very helpful to the Bengals. And then, of course, a turnover-free game from Joe Burrow a good game from the other, you know, the other members of the big three on the wide receiver group, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And then when Joe Mixon is not running the ball, well, Samaje P Ryan comes in at the end to, to drain the clock. And there he is getting just kind of falling forward, getting the, the, the yards needed to grind the clock and get out of there with a win. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with the run game going forward. I, I, you know, I think Joe Mixon is a, is a great back. And there are times where I'm just like, man, it's unfair to him. He got touches the ball and it's their guy, two guys on him. That happened probably two or three times today, but there it's, it is interesting to see P Ryan come in a very true one cut North South. I'm making the read and I'm going runner and just how there's positive yardage there consistently. And then, of course, you you're finally saw some stuff from Chris Evans on offense. Maybe that 
gets added in there too. This is not a call by any means for anything against Joe Mixon, but I think there needs to be some form of a an assessment as to what's happening here, what is working and what is not. And that, you know, I, I think it's worth noting. It could also be the situation, right, with the running backs. Situational football. This could be at the end of the game and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, that, that plays a part in it. The Jets could have been just gassed at the end and kind of gave up as you're staring down a, a two-possession deficit with the with the game winding down. All of that comes into play still. This is something worth noting for the Cincinnati Bengals o- offense. Something worth noting. But they get back to – this is the first win since the AFC Championship game, folks, that we have seen since the Cincinnati Bengals played football. It, it's been a long, long time, so it's nice to see them back – and playing good football, beating a team they should beat, and kind of looking like their old selves. You got to like that. And big one on deck with the Dolphins. You got more winnable games kind of sprinkled through the schedule here, and then you get into the tough stretch at the end there. So it's going to be kind of crucial that the Bengals make up ground after dropping those first two. But that's kind of what this team – is a little bit about. And today was kind of a microcosm of the first two weeks and a little bit because you felt like this game should have been well more in hand based on, I I felt that the Bengals were dominating this game largely throughout, throughout the afternoon. So you kind of felt like maybe they should have even scored even more and had a bigger margin of victory. It doesn't really matter. Wins a win, but you learn from it, you build on it. And then, Hopefully as these better teams come and these other teams come your way that you need to get wins and hopefully the Bengals kind of make up ground for those two that they lost early in the year and, and make some plays here. But uh, at any rate, Cincinnati Bengals are one and two thought they'd be one or two games ahead of that at this point in time, but they're back in the win column. And hopefully this is one of those things where you say, okay, now they're going to get that momentum. They're going to start doing things. Very, very important game this week. Not only because it's a conference game, but it's a 3-0 and team. And then you've got the whole Tua thing. Very important game this week. Uh, so, And it's a short week. you got to got to rest up guys and, and get guys healthy. This might be a Dolphins team that also might be a bit drained from this crazy game, this crazy divisional game against the Bills. And this was hyped up a lot against the Bills as well. So you may – I don't want to say you won't get their best shot, but – you may get them as they travel on a short week. You may get them uh, a little bit more vulnerable than usual. So we'll see. But the Bengals prevail 27-12 to against the Jets in week three. Get in the win column. They're one and two in this week two as well. Not week number two. In this week, at, week number three as well. You saw on Thursday night the Cleveland Browns beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. And by the way, man, watching the Steelers play, you go, how did the Bengals drop that game? Good, good Lord. Um, So the Browns are 2-1. Yeah, the Ravens get a close call today against the New England Patriots, but they prevail. They are 2-1. If the Bengals at one and two and the Steelers at one and two, the Bengals are still in the cellar technically because they lost to the Steelers there. So they're they're in the cellar, but working their way out of it. And oh, by the way, the Patriots team, they're real up and down, and that's on the Bengals schedule as well. This, you know, supposedly undefeated Bills team had a lot of mistakes today in a divisional game. So who knows what's going on there? So a lot of a lot of questions 
with other teams right now too. We're going to get out of here though. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and this is the Orange and Black Insider, part of the Cincy Jungle podcast channel, bringing you a post-game report, post-game wrap-up of all things with the Bengals beating the Jets. Got to like that W, got to like it, and hopefully they build upon it. Again, you can get this show on your favorite platform, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, any of those. You can get our get it on our YouTube channel. All this stuff is on CincyJungle.com. It's on the Cincy Jungle Facebook page, so you got to like it there. Please do so. And again, any donations you can give directly to GiveSendGo.com slash Pollock Family Foundation or through the YouTube Super Chats. Uh, we would greatly appreciate that so we can support all the great things that they do. We'll be doing that for a little while longer. So we appreciate everybody's support there. Have a great rest of your week and enjoy what's left of football. And we will be back with more this week for you. Take care.